Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. I realized that I could not be a great mom, a great wife, a great friend, a great, you know, whatever, you name it, the list could go on unless I let go of trying to be super mom and instead embraced a way of living that, that nourished me and helped me become a better version of myself slowly over time so that then I could show up as a better wife, a better mom. And again, that list could go on and on and on. Living a healthy, balanced life is no small feat, especially when you're a mom. With meals to cook, laundry to load, work to do, and humans to raise, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe living a healthy life has become way too complicated. What we need isn't a new plan or program telling us what to eat or how to live. We need simple, uncomplicated routines and information that's going to help us live our best, most beautiful life without rules and restrictions. Join me, Kristen Dofniak, holistic health coach, certified intuitive eating counselor, and mama of two for weekly conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life, uncomplicate eating, and simplify in every area of mom life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balanced Mama podcast. I'm back with another awesome guest this week, and today's topic is one I know that you all want to know more about. We are talking about productivity, but not just any type of productivity. We are talking about priority-based productivity and how we can stop feeling like we are on this constant mission to check off things from a to-do list that feels like it is never ending and actually get things done in the areas that are most important to us based on our personalities and what actually works for us as individuals. I met our guest today, Carrie Thompson, back in, gosh, I want to say the summertime last year. And I love her approach to productivity because it's really unique and it's very individual based. She doesn't have a set list of things you need to do to get from feeling overwhelmed to being productive. She has ways to get to know yourself better, to learn more about your personality. She uses the Enneagram, which we talk about a ton in this episode, as one of those tools. And she really encourages you to get curious and to figure out what areas are really the most meaningful for you to start to work on and how to start taking small but intentional steps in the right direction towards the things that you want to do in your life to become the best version of you, to really prioritize your life based on the things that matter, not just about checking things off the to-do list. And today's conversation, it was just so incredible. You'll hear me in the episode, getting excited, having aha moments, and really recognizing areas in my life where I want to create change. And I talk about a couple years ago when personally, I felt like I was drowning myself because I had put so many things on my plate and I didn't know what to take off. And she kind of gives us that insight as to how to determine what are the things we actually should be doing and why. And so from that point, then we can 
really take a look at our personality, our personality type, our Enneagram type, and start making changes in those areas that matter the most. So for those of you who don't yet know Carrie, Carrie Thompson helps overwhelmed moms create sustainable rhythms and routines so they can have more peace priority-based productivity, and purpose. She's a wife and mom to two young girls. As a master's level health and wellness professional who decided to become an entrepreneur, she helps moms break free from trying to be super mom and find freedom in prioritizing based on core values. After being the mom who felt like she was drowning daily and discovering a sustainable way to resurface and thrive, she's now passionate about helping other moms experience their own transformation. Through her coaching, she first helps moms discover the strengths in their unique personalities as a certified Enneagram coach to experience personal growth and have the confidence to take the next step towards thriving as a mom. This strong foundation leads into strategies to transform their day-to-day, followed by tools to set, plan, and achieve goals. All right, friends, let's dig in to my conversation with Carrie. Welcome, Carrie. I am so excited to have you on the Healthy Balance Mama podcast today. Uh, this topic is so needed for so many mamas, myself included, and I'm so excited to dive into all things priority-based productivity. But before we dive in, I love to do a fun little icebreaker question. So what are you reading these days? Well, first off, thank you so much for having me, Chris. I'm so excited as well. And what am I reading these days? So currently I have two books on my nightstand. One of them is Atomic Habits by James Clear. That could be read like 15 times and I still would get something new from it. And then the other one is an Enneagram book. It's from Beth and Jeff McCord. And I am blanking on the title right now. The, the journey between us or, uh, evolving uh, something about us. So it's about (laughs) marriage and the Enneagram and it is really good. And I usually have a fiction book on my Kindle and I'm currently trying to decide my next one. Oh, I love that. What perfect books for our topic today too, you know, talking about productivity and talking about habits and then also bringing the Enneagram into that. Oh my gosh, I love it. I'm very much like you. I usually have a nonfiction book and then a fiction book, both going at the same time. Um, Cause it's always nice to have something where you're learning and then something where you're just kind of just enjoying it as well. Absolutely. So I, oh my gosh. And uh, Atomic Habits is such a fantastic book. I need to read it again this year because I feel like it's an it's an every year type of read. I feel like, like you said, you can get something new out of it every single time. So it's so absolutely. Great. And the so my fiction book though, I just want to give a good plug. The words we cannot say, so good. Oh. I'm a world World War II like fiction gal. Uh, if you're interested in and in, in stuff like that, that's that's another good plug. But yes, Atomic Habits, glorious. <laughs> oh, I love that. I, I I will link those in the show notes. I'm awesome. usually good about linking the different books in the show notes because I always joke that like selfishly, I ask this question because I want another book to read <laughs> because I love I love having new books on my bookshelf as well because I love to learn too. So Oh, I and love Chris, that. I remember it's becoming us. Becoming, becoming us. us. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. I have listened to some of her podcasts before, so I'm sure I would I would like that too. And we're going to talk about the Enneagram as well today. Um, but I want to start by just kind of diving into your story. So you say that you've been the mom who felt like she was drowning daily, and you found this way to resurface and thrive. So I think so many of us, myself included, <laughs> can relate to that feeling. So how is the carry of then different than the carry now? And what changed? So the carry then, I felt like I had to be everything to everyone all the time. And honestly, perfectionism and guilt plagued me just about every day. And the carry then also put on this facade. I put on this facade so that people thought I was super mom. Yet behind closed doors, I was falling apart from exhaustion, trying to reach a bar that simply doesn't exist. If someone asked me what my priorities were, oh, I could easily declare them, yet my day-to-day did not align with who and what I valued most. So my my wake-up call, you're you're asking how I changed. The wake-up call really was a serious health challenge for one of my closest family members because I quickly realized that something had to give. 
I had something had to give so that I could then have the capacity to provide the support that was needed during that very challenging time. So the change that I made required me to to pause. And coming from someone whose father said, you live your life 100 miles an hour growing up, pausing is hard. Pausing is hard for me to do, but it was necessary at the time. I decided to pause and reflect and decide on what really mattered to me in the season of life that I was in. And then I decided to make some changes, not overnight huge leaps. I decided to make small changes over time so that my actions aligned with my core values. So my priorities, what I really cared about, because I realized that I could not be a great mom, a great wife, a great friend, a great, you know, whatever, you name it, the list could go on unless I let go of trying to be super mom and instead embraced a way of living that that nourished me and helped me become a better version of myself slowly over time so that then I could show up as a better wife, a better mom. And again, that list could go on and on and on. Uh, so it's a journey. It's, it, it's still a journey that I'm on. Uh, but during this really uh, pivotal part of my journey, I utilized a self-discovery tool based on the personality. It is called the Enneagram which we've mentioned we'll be talking about today, but it helped me create sustainable, I like to call them rhythms, rhythms that help me grow and thrive based on my unique personality. So the carry now, the carry now still has curveballs come my way. I have off days, but I have this strong foundation that I can lean on. Uh, even when I'm experiencing one of, you know, a, a terrible day, let's just call it the no good, very bad, ugly day. All right. So I can identify my blind spots. I can identify my weaknesses and then have that strong foundation to keep showing up as a better version of myself. Um, but I also recognize that that guilt and the shame that plagued me every day, it still shows up sometimes, not every day, not to the extent that it used to, But instead of letting it constantly stay in my mind and trying to fight those negative thoughts, I I just became curious, like a scientist, just became curious about them instead of placing judgment on those thoughts. So do I misstep and fall short? Absolutely. (laughs) I'm human. Um, But when I do, I look at it as an opportunity, again, to get curious and to Mm. gain wisdom for that next better step. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. Oh, I love that. I think so many of us can relate to something big happening in our life and it's going to be different for everyone, right? You know, you had the family member going through health challenges, but something happening and having that moment of realization that, uh, yeah, my priorities aren't where I say they are. And that's, I think it's a tough pill to swallow. It's tough to have that realization that, I say my priorities are here, but I'm not actually living that. But these going from A to B, going from realizing to I am actually living my life based on the things that matter the most, based on my priorities, and it's not going to be perfect, but recreating that foundation like you talk about, that's hard. But hearing your story is so encouraging. It's like, okay, if she did it, if she can take those steps, step by step, then maybe I can too. I know that sounds very much like a position that I was in a couple of years ago where I had just put too much on my plate. And very similar to you, I was trying to be everything for everyone. And I was trying to grow, you know, leaps and bound in my bounds in my business. And I was trying to be the best mom. And I was trying to be the best wife. And I was trying to do all of these things. And like I was literally drowning, <laughs> exactly like you say, where I was trying, but I was not taking care of myself. I was exhausted all the time. And I think a lot of moms can relate to to your story, to my story. And I think it takes that realization and that step back and going, wait, what are my priorities? And how can I, how can I kind of realign with those? So I what I kind of where I want to start to dive in, right, is I think many of us are in this place of feeling overwhelmed, right? And so where do you recommend the woman listening who feels overwhelmed, who feels like they're drowning, who feels like their priorities are all off? 
where do they begin? Like, do we start with our routines? Do we start with the piles of laundry? (laughs) Where is it that we should start if we realize that we're in this place where we're feeling overwhelmed, but we don't really, we don't really know how to move forward? It's a great question. And some moms listening may be like, oh, that's not the answer I was expecting. I was expecting you to say, do this, this, and this. Yeah. (laughs) I am a firm believer in that there is no cookie cutter, one size fits all approach to helping you as a unique mom, who's a busy mom, reduce the overwhelm in your life. Okay. So let me preface by saying that my advice is to pause and reflect. Okay. Think on what area is causing you the most stress. Is it your calendar clutter? Is it physical in nature? So piles of laundry, your kitchen is a wreck. Maybe there's toys everywhere that stress you out. Is it work-related? Does it have to do with your entrepreneurial endeavors or maybe a project deadline at the office? Or is it a combination of the areas that I just mentioned that has resulted in the biggest impact being between your ears, so your state of mind? So ask yourself which area if improved by just one degree or one percentage point would result in the most significant impact in your life. Okay. Ask yourself that question. What would open up space for you? What would give you more clarity and more peace? Now don't stress about this. We're talking about reducing it. All right. But, but pick one. Okay. Decide which one you think would move the needle the most. And then within that area, Choose one small action that you can take to reduce the burden that this cause of overwhelm is having in your life. So can you carve out just 15 minutes daily to work towards this journey? Maybe not every single day. I'm not looking for perfection, but 15 minutes, ah, five to seven days a week, okay, in this journey. Uh, Maybe you need to start smaller. Can you take five minutes daily? Maybe if it's physical in nature, organizing one corner of the pantry for 10 minutes for five days in a row. Can you journal or meditate if it's more state of mind in nature? Can you go through your calendar for the week or for the month and decide on just one item, just one thing that you can delete or at least start working towards eliminating? So when you take these small steps and it's catered to you, remember, we have this pause and reflect where we think about the areas that would create the most impact. These small steps taken consistently over time result in big changes. That's what I did. I've experienced, my clients have, other moms have experienced this transformation as well. So start small, you know, think of that one step that you can take that will take you down a path towards more peace and less chaos, and then build on slowly. So we're flexing that muscle, that habit building muscle. We're gaining momentum to then add on for sustainable success. Mm, Yeah. Oh, I love that you have such an individual approach because I think it's really easy to decide that everything in your life needs to change and then go on Pinterest and find like the cleaning plan and download the meditation app and get yourself a new journal and you know try to clean out your calendar and do all of those things at once so and then it's overwhelming and then we end up you know maybe sticking to one thing but likely nothing because we're overwhelmed by all the changes i really like the approach of pausing and reflecting and going okay getting really real <laughs> and going mm-hmm. all right what is the area i need to make these changes in and i love that 15 minutes or maybe just 5 or 10 because when you said that i'm like well if you do 10 minutes of the pantry uh, 5 days a week then that's 50 minutes it's almost an hour your whole pantry is cleaned out by then well hopefully mm-hmm. depends on how <laughs> depends on how long you've neglected it right. but yeah it really does add up and i think it's easy to hear that phrase, small changes add up, but to feel like it's you're not going to make any progress, but it does create that momentum, right? When you create those changes and all of a sudden your pantry is totally organized, you're like, I did that. I made a change. What is the next thing I can make a change with? So I really, really love that. Um, and something I want to kind of go continue to go back to, because you talked about this at the beginning, you talked about feeling like your priorities weren't 
weren't, they weren't, I guess your life wasn't aligned with your priorities. And something that you talk about that I find really fascinating um, because all of the things we're talking about are helping us to become a better version of ourselves, just like that journey that you went on. Um, But, you know, as moms, I think that we spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to get all of the things done in our lives. Because even if we are like, all right, our life is not aligned with our priorities, there's still things that we need to get done. Like we still need to get the laundry done. We can't just decide that, okay, that's not the biggest area for me. So I'm just going to ditch the laundry until I figure out journaling. (laughs) You still have to do it. So you talk about something called priority-based productivity. So how is this, how is this different from kind of just plain productivity, um, which I know can feel like kind of an impossible goal for a lot of us moms. Like can pr- productivity is just not going to happen. It's just about figuring out how to get the laundry done because the to-do the to-do list never ends. So how can we get to the place where we are making these small changes, right? Um, towards that person that we want to be, towards those priorities, really prioritizing the things that matter, but also be productive and get the things done. So Productivity, just plain old productivity, in my mind, is defined as efficiently producing more. So checking off boxes and getting more done, or in a more general sense, uh, producing more of some product or service. Priority-based productivity adds in what I like to call the precious pause, okay? So the precious pause before you get started checking off boxes. It requires that you identify your core values in the season of life that you're in. So what really matters to you, not what society tells you you should focus on and get done, not even what your best girlfriend what matters most to her in the season of life that you're in. It's what matters most to you. Mm -hmm. So then when you go to create your to-do list or maybe add to your calendar, you have your core values fresh on your mind. And before you write something down, you see if it lines to what you value most. So you talked about how, you know, we're not just going to neglect our laundry uh, and say, you know, that doesn't bring me joy, be gone clothes, (laughs) because we can make the alignment when we reframe uh, some of the actions that we need to take to keep our family going day to day. So we need to have food. We need to have clothing and shelter and other, some other essential items for daily living. And so maybe a core value of yours is health. So we do laundry so that we have clean clothes. Maybe it's family is a core value. We do laundry so our family can wear something out, you know, to school or be comfortable when they go out and about or when they're sleeping because you've got to clean the PJs too mm-hmm. and the sheets. Uh, so reframing that in terms of more uh, mundane tasks, uh, but always considering your core values when you go to create that list. So you can finally be productive where it matters most when you start this alignment evaluation process, but also when you implement two wonderful D words in my mind, at least delegate and delete, Mm. delegate and delete. So take a look at that never ending to-do list or your planner or your calendar or something that you're giving time to day in and day out or weekly. And look at each item and ask yourself, truly, truly, does it matter to you in the season of life that you're in? Or does it matter to a family member? Because let's be honest, you know, part of our priorities has to do with being a mom. And when we think about what's important to us, there are things that spill over into what's important to your spouse or your kids. So keep that mind in mind as well. But think about it. Is it worthy of space on your calendar? Is it worthy Mm. of space on your to-do list? Is it worthy of your time? So is it time well spent? Does it help you show up as the best version of yourself? Is it a responsibility that you can hand over to someone else, whether that's another family member, a paid service, a volunteer, or maybe even a parent of another kid in your child's class? Or is it something that you can delete or at least start eliminating? So I also want moms to keep in mind when I talk about delegate and delete some of are like, oh, what do you mean? Just getting rid of stuff. Like I actually, I kind of like this, but 
just because you really enjoy something and it, and it, and it brings you joy may not translate to being a top priority right now in the Mm -hmm. season of life that you're in. So think about it. Can you delegate or delete something that in this season is too much on your plate? Mm -hmm. Because just because you delegate or delete it now, doesn't mean that there won't be an opportunity to pick it back up in another season. So don't panic. Don't feel like you're never going to see something ever again, but maybe can you set it down for a time and pick it back up when you do have this space and capacity? That's an important concept when we talk about delegate and delete, but really, again, identifying those priorities, reframing those mundane tasks and delegating and deleting are my, my top tips. Mm, oh my gosh. I love all of those. <laughs> so much goodness. Yeah. I, I think, um, so one of the things I'm thinking of when you're talking about delegation and deletion and being able to have that, you know, change season to season was there was a season last year. Um, was it last year? Whatever it was, what, what happened last year? I think all of us forgot, but it was last year and the year before where I was homeschooling my daughter, running a business and my husband was still working most of the time out of the home and life was just crazy. I had, I have two kiddos. So one was very young. Um, she's four now, but you know, she was a little, a toddler then and homeschooling my older daughter. And I felt like I could not keep up with the house. Like I could not keep the house clean. Like vacuuming the house once a week was a struggle. Getting the laundry done was a struggle. And one of my friends told me that she had someone come and clean her house once a week. And I was like, I couldn't have someone do that. That's like so luxurious. Like having a house, like having a house cleaner, like that is too much. And I asked her how much it was. And I was surprised at how little it was, especially she only, we didn't have a big place. She only came every couple of weeks. So I brought it up to my husband and he's like, do you think it'll make you less stressed? I'm like, yeah. And the thing is, I like to clean. I find it really kind of meditative to put on my headphones. I put on a podcast or some music and, you know, I clean the house other than when I'm vacuuming. I actually enjoy it. I like cleaning the house. But for that season of time, I think it was like two years, we had someone come in every other week and clean the house for us. And the kids and I went out and we went on a little adventure when the person was cleaning the house. And it was really necessary for that period of time. And then when we moved, I just didn't look for someone else because our season had changed. My daughter went back to school and I didn't feel like I needed someone. And because our place is smaller, it also feels like something that I can do that's doable. But for that season, it was so necessary to delegate that one area. So now I'm like, my, my head is spinning and I'm going, oh my gosh, like, what are the areas where I can delegate things or where I can delete things? Cause I think we, we do need to take that, um, that precious pause. And we look at our to-do list and go do these things. I really like how you frame it, you know, that even if it is something like the laundry <laughs> that we have to do, how is that related to one of those areas that is really, truly our priority, one of our values? And if it is, then it stays. And if not, how can we delegate or delete? So I really, really love that. And oh gosh, I feel like just just those those two little, <laughs> those two Ds, the precious pause are going to make such a difference in the woman listening. Because now I'm like, okay, can we pause this for a second? I just need to go write a few things down. <laughs> and I definitely will. I definitely will after this podcast, um, because we're also diving into a new season of our life. We're looking to move. And there's our to-do list that was, you know, pretty, pretty full already, mm-hmm. just quadrupled in size. Mm-hmm. And so... I think it is a good time. I think any new season, especially because we're still in the beginning of the year, right? When this airs, it'll be February. So we're still in the beginning of the year. I think many of us are still in that mindset of trying to get things organized. Um, Not that we're not always (laughs) in that place, but I think this is a really important way to be able to kind of organize our lives and be productive in those areas that matter. So, oh my gosh, I love it. (laughs) Good. So something I want to, I want to definitely dig into too, is that we've talked about a couple of times in your coaching that you do, you work with Enneagram types. You're also an Enneagram coach. So we had an Enneagram expert on the podcast two years ago now, which seems crazy that it was that long ago. Um, So it's been a while and we did kind of go over each one of the Enneagram types. We didn't really dig into it much further than that. So I would love if you could kind of give us just a little overview of what the Enneagram is and how knowing our type can help us to thrive as moms. 
I am an Enneagram junkie. Okay. So <laughs> part of the journey to becoming a coach is again, my journey of self-discovery mm-hmm. and realizing the power of the Enneagram as a tool uh, for knowing ourselves deeper. So the Enneagram is a personality tool that is made up of nine basic personality types. The word Enneagram means nine-sided figure and gram is something that is drawn. So the Enneagram, the nine different types have arrows to each of those numbers going clockwise um, with that nine at the top. Uh, that really doesn't have any bearing. No number is better than another, okay? No type. Uh, the Enneagram, though, is a different type of personality tool in that it goes beyond your behavior. So if you looked at like Myers-Briggs and some of the other big personality tools out there and you take one of their free tests, a lot of the questions are, what do you do? What are the actions you take? What are your behaviors? The Enneagram, on the other hand, focuses on the why behind what you do. So when you peel back the layers of these nine basic personality types, you'll discover things such as wings and triads and paths and subtypes. And that's just to name a few. But I want to keep things simple. Just know that it's not just, oh, there's only nine types of people walking around on this planet. That's absolutely false. Because those layers create our unique personality. So each of us see the world through a different lens. A little differently. Think of the nine basic personality types as nine basic colors of lenses. Mm. And the layers that I've talked about create a, a different shade for each of the same basic color. And within each type, there are core motivations. So that that whole why we do what we do. There's a core fear, a core desire, a core weakness, and a core longing. And I believe that the Enneagram is a powerful tool to help moms thrive because when we know ourselves on a deeper level, when we discover the why behind our actions, so that root cause, we can identify our motivations and then allow us to, I love this word, get curious. Mm -hmm. I'm going to repeat this a million times. Get curious, that precious pause before we act. So we also, through this process, can discover our greatest strengths. Isn't that glorious? Oh, we Mm -hmm. like to talk about our strengths. It's just, it is great to talk about our strengths, but we can also, through the journey of the Enneagram, discover our blind spots and our weaknesses. And I believe that knowledge is power. We can then become more aware. We have that awareness to leads to knowledge and can have a result on our behavior. So we then learn strategies to veer back towards a path of growth when we hit those triggers, those blind spots, those stress paths. Uh, Like when you're driving and you hit the rumble strip. So that's an indication like the Enneagram's like a GPS, okay? And when you hit that rumble strip, you're heading towards either a, a stress path or a blind spot path. But you're aware now you have that awareness Mm -hmm. and you also have strategies that can help you veer back towards growth. So there's four paths. There's a stress path, a growth path, blind spot path, and what's called a converging path. And it's actually from there are lines drawn and your path is to either the healthy or the unhealthy attributes of another type. You Mm -hmm. will not become another type. Will you take on either healthy or unhealthy attributes? So keep that in mind as I'm talking here. I don't want you to be like, what is she talking about? So again, we've got different paths, but when you have the strategies of your unique personality that will give you strength towards growth, you can then grow wiser as a person and be more aware when you hit those rumble straps. So again, knowing ourselves more through the lens of the Enneagram can help us develop more compassion and more grace for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I, raise your hand if you're a mom listening right now that wants more compassion and grace for ourselves. <laughs> How many times do we beat ourselves up over, over seemingly meaningless? Like you tell a best friend, you're like, you're beating yourself up over that, Come, uh, you know, like let's, let's give ourselves some grace, but in the process, you can also extend grace and compassion and understanding and so much, um, breadth, 
uh, with those around you. So that's why the Enneagram, you know, it's focused on really our own actions and behaviors, but it can improve the relationships with those around you, your your children, your spouse, your friends, your coworkers. And so it's really a a powerful tool um, to help us understand ourselves, but really understand the world around us. And, and I believe that that can help us thrive because we're made for community as moms. Mm -hmm. And so let's enhance and lift each other up in this process. And I believe the Enneagram is is a wonderful tool to help us do that. Mm, Oh my gosh. That was like the best description of the Enneagram. And I've dug into it a little bit over the years, but it makes me want to dig in more. (laughs) Like I know my Enneagram type, my husband and I have actually found it really helpful in our marriage. We actually did a a marriage Q&A I want to say it was about two years ago now as well. And I think it was right after the other Enneagram episode. And they asked us if we knew what our types were. And it's actually taken me some time to figure out what my type is, because for a while there, I'd sort of like decided that because of this, because this is the way I tend to act, that this is my type. And then when I dug into it deeper, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. For looking at my motivations, ultimately it was like, I didn't, didn't want to admit that, you know, I'm a three. And so I very, very focused on, for me, very focused on things like productivity, very focused on success, very, and I care a lot about what other people think. And I wanted, didn't want to admit, I was like, oh, it's, it's all about me. It's all about my inner critics. I'm definitely a one. And then when I really, when I really looked at it, I'm like, it has, it's nothing to do with perfectionism. It has nothing to do with like the morality of of things. For me, it was very much like going, nope, I, I care what other people think more than I think Mm -hmm. I do. I care a lot about success and these type of things can get in the way. They can get in the way of, you know, showing up as the best version of myself. And it's very easy for me to have like tunnel vision on one thing that I'm working on and let the other things in my life go away because I'm so focused on success. And learning something like that about myself has been really helpful because I'm going, okay, well, I need to take a step back and realize that I have other priorities too. <laughs> and and it's been helpful in my relationship with my husband too, kind of understanding each other, understanding our personalities, being able to communicate better. Um, he's a nine. So he is like naturally just wants everything to be peaceful and calm and happy. And he will say yes to things, even if they stress him out just because he doesn't want conflict. And so we've, it's actually been so helpful because we get to the point where I'm like, are you saying yes to that because you don't want to discuss it or you don't want to create conflict <laughs> or like, and so it, it has, and it's kind of funny, I'm laughing about it, but it has really made a big difference uh, in our lives, just kind of learning certain things like that about ourselves. And I know that there's many, many more types, but for us, it's been really interesting learning that about ourselves. Cause we have, there's so many things about us that are similar and so many things that are so different. <laughs> um, and it's helped us to kind of, um, you know, see those differences, not as flaws, but as, you know, something that we can just learn more about each other. So yeah, I find it, it's so fascinating. And I love how you describe how it can help us in our relationships with our kids, with our friends and in all of these other areas. So I want to know then how does this relate with the priority-based productivity that we're talking about and really um, creating a life based on our priorities? How can knowing our type help us to feel less overwhelmed and really hone in on that that priority-based living? I believe that the journey of self-discovery through the Enneagram has the wonderful ability for individuals to feel seen heard and understood Mm. on a deep level. So often stress compounds when we feel alone and misunderstood and whether that's in a relationship with other people or even in ourselves, we don't understand why we act the way we do or why we choose one way or another, or why we sit on the couch instead of going for a run or whatever it is, you name it. And so in this journey, there's so many sweet discoveries, like with clients who say, oh, uh, oh, that's why I do what I do. That's mm-hmm. why I do that. Or, oh, I absolutely see myself taking on attributes or characteristics of my stress path mm-hmm. when I'm overwhelmed. So it's this awareness. And ignorance, ladies, is not bliss <laughs> when it comes to becoming our best selves, okay? 
awareness leads to knowledge with, which can impact our behavior. So when we know more about our strengths and also our weaknesses, we can increase our awareness and our ability to grow in hope and understanding grace and mercy and forgiveness. Forgiveness is a big one, not only for ourselves, uh, but for those around us. And Chris, you are not alone. When you truly discover your type, it is normal and a frequent occurrence for people to be like, oh, no, no. Can I just be this other number? Please, <laughs> please let me be this other number. Because of the power in the Enneagram, it really does make us sometimes feel a little exposed and a little like, ooh, I'm embarrassed. But when we take our strengths and we identify our weaknesses, there's such power in that because mm. no type is better or worse than another. And there are ways for us to grow. And I like how you talked about acknowledging our weaknesses. When we acknowledge our weaknesses, and especially if we do it publicly, like with our spouse, they can help us become better in the process. But you can also mm. just expose it with yourself. Uh, so many times, there are traits that society tells us is just terrible. And so we live in denial. Mm -hmm. And when we live in denial, I believe it holds us back. It holds mm -hmm. us back from not only becoming the better, a better version of ourselves, but it holds us back from making an impact mm -hmm. because there, we all have weaknesses because we are imperfect human beings, but there is strength in knowing them and becoming wiser for them. So sometimes people use the Enneagram as a shield. So there's, they say, you know, I'm a type three and this is the way type threes do and almost excuse behavior. But in mm. my coaching, I teach us how to take our weaknesses and use our strengths to become better than we ever dreamed possible because mm. we have really just opened things up and it may feel uncomfortable at first and a bit scary, but my, it, it, it's worth the journey. And I, I know that I just went on a tangent there, uh, but we have the capacity to just take on such a breadth of grace and compassion um, mm -hmm. and, and, and break free from that guilt and from that shame and, and instead use our gifts for good and, and use the gifts that we've been given. So in terms of honing in on, priority-based productivity specifically, we know ourselves on a deeper level. And then we allow ourselves to live authentically, to live mm -hmm. as our true self. So we identify our priorities like that. Like you, oh, you know them because you know yourself, you identify them more easily. And then you can hone in on productivity because you know what you value and you know, those values and can use them as a gauge for how you act. So what actions you take, what you add to your to-do list, how you reframe to connect to that core value. Now, don't reframe something crazy, okay? I'm talking about reframing the laundry and uh, preparing food for your family. So those <laughs> necessities, okay? Don't, don't just veer out there and try to reframe something and say it's a core value. Really be honest with yourself. Um, you are able to delegate and delete more easily um, because you realize that time is precious. Mm -hmm. And so you don't want to spend your time on something that doesn't align with who you are, your productivity soars because each item has a purpose. Like you only put something on that list. You only add space to your calendar. If it's got a purpose and has a connection and trust me, the satisfaction, listen, I, I love checking off a box. Okay. I really do. <laughs> but the satisfaction of checking off a box of something that truly means something to you is so life-giving compared to just any old thing you slap on your to-do list. Trust me, I've put something on a to-do list just to check it off. But the satisfaction <laughs> of just checking off something that really matters, is just so enriching and so empowering. And, and it gives you that momentum to keep going because when we just check stuff off to check stuff off, I we get stuck in this hamster wheel, never feeling like we're enough or we're doing enough or being enough. And life isn't meant to be lived that way, in my opinion. Mm, yes. Okay. I feel like I just had an aha moment when you were sharing all of that in, in my own type and in my own kind of productivity. And I realized that for me in my head, because I am so kind of success 
driven. I think I tend to look at it as one, like success is success in like this area of my business. But if I reframe it and I look at success as being successful in each area of my core values, so doing the laundry is success in you know, maintaining my home, which helps to, you know, create a more calm family culture. I'm just thinking about it that way. I'm like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. And it makes sense, you know, for whatever your type is and whatever your kind of core motivations and core values are going, okay, well, we can reframe whatever is important to us. And it just, I love that (laughs) so much because I've never thought about it that way. Because to me, it almost feels unproductive. And I'm just using the laundry as an example, because it's just an easy one because mm-hmm. I, it's in my intro. We all have yes. laundry to do. We're <laughs> never going to get away from unless we delegate it, which is definitely something we can do, but we're never going to get away from it. It's something right. we have to deal with. And whether we have one kid or we have 10 kids, it it just multiplies. <laughs> right. So I think that we can whatever it is, we can always reframe it based on, you know, based on what is most important to us. And just like you're saying, I know I'm just reiterating what you're saying, but it really was an aha moment for me going, I used to think that something like doing the laundry felt unproductive because I wasn't recording a podcast with someone or editing a podcast or creating a recipe or posting on Instagram. Those things feel productive because they feel like I'm doing something to further my business. But Mm -hmm that is helping to make my life calm because there's less craziness in the morning. When my daughter came in this morning, this is why laundry is on my mind. My daughter, I did laundry last night. We just got home from a little trip as a family. And my daughter, my uh, eight-year-old came in this morning. She's um, she's in school. She came in my room this morning and she was like, I have no pants. Exactly like that. We had to have a conversation about tone. <laughs> I have no pants. I have absolutely no pants. Of course, I did the laundry late last night. It's still in the bag. I haven't had a chance to fold it. And usually I get her to help me fold it. And she's like, I have no pants. And I was like, first of all, let's change that tone of voice. (laughs) Second of all, you do have pants. They're just in the clean laundry bag. And it was like, oh, and then it literally changed everything. And once she found her pants, the rest of the morning was smooth and fine. Everyone got out the door. It was great. And I'm like, if we had not done the laundry... (laughs) that morning would have been way more chaotic. Um, Just a very, very silly family example that literally happened this morning, but that feels like success to me. I'm like, we got home from the trip and I got the laundry done. So all of us had clean laundry to wear today. (laughs) It is success. Even though I didn't, I couldn't, you know, I didn't sit at my computer late last night doing something that's going to directly create success in my business. I did something that, you know, it's going to create success in my family. So I love it. So good. I love how you're talking about the importance of looking at our lives as all interconnected. So the different areas of our life, there's spillover effect because when we, and I've, I've seen this play out time and time again with habit building and routine building, when we mm-hmm. have that momentum, when we have aha moments and real success in one area, we realize that it's all connected. Okay. Mm -hmm. We've got one body. We're not like taking on a new body to, to live out the family part of, you know, the mom part and got another one doing an entrepreneur work. No, we are, we're not siloed in the areas of our life. And I love how you have that example and that, that aha, where you reframe, because it's, it's so important that we loosen the definitions that we place in our lives and, uh, be open to uh, to rich richer realizations in this journey because it's exciting. Yes, it is. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, you mentioned routines, and so I am wondering how do like different productivity methods, like the, the way we actually do things, and routines, how do they kind of change from type to type? So, do you have recommendations for like certain types thrive better? creating certain types of routines. What is kind of your advice on that? Okay. So I'll try to keep it simple because I could talk for an hour about each type and the routines and how we grow and all this, but I want to keep it simple because it allows for the audience to really, really think about their unique situation and their unique personality. So each unique personality brings various strengths when it comes to productivity and routines. Okay. So On the same level, each unique personality brings tendencies that I think we need to be aware of when we start tackling that to-do list or creating a new habit or routine. 
Let me give you an example. It's good to know which Enneagram types are known to be someone who starts a task a task and sees it through to completion. So fresh on my mind, type ones and type threes come to mind in that regard. Okay. On the other hand, seeing tasks through to completion is often a struggle for a type seven Mm -hmm. and then type nines sometimes procrastinate (laughs) knowing our tendencies for our unique personality type helps us then be better prepared to avoid potential roadblocks. So you can know yourself better and use this insight then to create strategies to overcome potential obstacles. So again, let me bring it up, bring it home here for an example, a a type seven talked about the laundry, talked about We've talked about various tasks that can be mundane to anyone, but to type sevens, Some tasks are just like painfully mundane and boring. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they have this huge desire to seek out something more fun and exciting and pleasurable. Okay. So if you're a type seven, if you know yourself as a type seven and you want to declutter and you say the word and you cringe, okay. As a type seven, think about how you can add in just a little fun. Now, I'm not saying decluttering is always going to be fun, but maybe you can make a game out of it. Maybe you could, you know, do some, draw up some kind of like challenge to yourself. Maybe you could only listen to your favorite podcast when you're decluttering to make it fun. Maybe you turn up the music and dance around while you're decluttering. I don't know what may work for you type sevens out there, but adding it a little more fun. So again, it's knowing your tendencies in your personality type to help you prepare for those potential roadblocks. So in my coaching, I also want to say that I incorporate opportunities for growth, for -hmm. growth and routines. I believe that true wisdom and genuine growth in our lives happen when we step outside our comfort zone. I'm not talking about leaping mamas. We are not like jumping full out of our comfort zone. Okay. Just a little step, just a tiny little step. Like we can do this. All right. So bear with me here. When we step a little bit outside our comfort zones, we get the opportunity for true growth. Okay. We get the opportunity for wisdom. Even if we fall on our face when we step out there, okay? Keep that in mind. Certain Enneagram types might be cringing right now, okay? (laughs) But (laughs) for example, type ones, raising my hand here, I am a type one. All about routines and structure and this is like CSO and this is like so. But do you want to know the growth path, the arrow that a type one goes to in growth? What type does it go to? A type seven. Mm -hmm. Oh, a type seven? Okay, let's take a deep breath now. In growth, I ask that type ones add in just one tiny little piece of spontaneity, one tiny little piece of flexibility to to truly grow. Because you know what? Even if you quote unquote fail, again, an opportunity to get curious and see how we can gain more wisdom and knowledge to become our best versions of ourselves. Because honestly, we're not going to become better when we just keep doing the same things that we've been doing day in and day out, let's take it as an opportunity to grow. Mm, Yes. Oh, I love that. And I love that we can take this knowledge of ourselves and help in just, even in those everyday ways, like your example of like the type seven might be putting off that laundry because it's just not fun, (laughs) but making it a little bit fun just makes it easier because I think it's really easy to, read, you know, a book or a blog post or listen to a podcast or something like that on creating habits, creating routines, being more productive. And if we don't consider ourselves and our personality in it, I think that's sometimes how we get into this place of feeling like a failure because we try it and it doesn't work. And we just decide that we are failures instead of realizing that we maybe just didn't approach it in the way that works for us because that's our personality just needs a different way to approach it. It's not about the, for the type seven, it's probably not about, I'm, I mean, I'm not an Enneagram expert, but I'm guessing it's not about creating that like beautiful laundry plan from Pinterest and going like, oh yeah, on Mondays, I'm going to do this load on Tuesdays. I'm going to do this load on Wednesdays. I'm going to do this. It's going to be, it's like, no, 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 it's not about the routine or it's, or it's not about printing that out. It's about 
how can I make this fun? <laughs> how can I listen to that podcast, dance around, whatever it might be? So, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you're right. And I, and that was part of my journey too, because realizing, you know, not everybody, like I, you know, I'm wired uniquely. Okay. Like everybody's wired uniquely and we all have our strengths, but I can't sit here and as a type one and, and, and tell someone that, Tomorrow you need to add this routine and this structure. And there's no way like, come on now. No, Mm -hmm. like I need to get to know you on a deeper level so that I can create a plan for you to succeed. Because if I start, if I create a routine building plan for every personality type out there, that's just the same. I'm going to get, let's see, eight ninths of people failing, (laughs) falling on their face. Because it simply doesn't work that way. Yeah, there's opportunities for growth, but I'm not going to start day one with your like spontaneity and flexibility for a type one. Let's easy does it into it, scaffolding, building up, getting that momentum going, but recognizing that there are strengths with all the types Mm -hmm. and that you can choose the path towards growth, but in a way that makes the most sense for you. So I could talk forever about it, but yes, all the yes, Chris. Yes. Okay. So I'm curious, what are your favorite resources or places that you would direct people to if they want to learn more about their Enneagram type? I know there's a million resources out there. I know you have some too. So if they want to learn more about their type, if they want to learn more about how this relates to productivity and routines, where do you suggest they go? Okay. So I am a certified Enneagram coach through what's called your Enneagram coach. Your Enneagram coach does offer a free test. I will say that I usually take the perspective. It's a Christian based Enneagram coaching process that I take moms through. Now I can help you become a better version of yourself, no matter your religious or non-religious backgrounds, but just know your Enneagram coach does have a Christian perspective. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's some other resources out there. I do offer free 45 minute discovery calls where Mm -hmm. we talk about the Enneagram, go a little more deeper. Uh, I have a workshop, uh, a challenge coming up at the beginning of February. If folks are interested in that. And you can also go to my website, uh, www.thrivingmomjourney.com. I'm always um, interested in helping moms discover more about them and realize that the Enneagram's a tool. It's one tool that we can put in our toolbox. And and it's one part of my coaching that I do, but I I think it is a truly transformational um, tool that can be utilized to help us thrive. Mm, Oh, I love that. So the last thing I want to ask you before we dive into some fun, like rapid fire questions, um, which are always just a fun way to finish it off. Do you have any last pieces of advice or wisdom for this overwhelmed mom? We've talked about so many things today, and this has been so, so helpful. I know that, you know, the woman listening has already gotten so much out of this, but is there anything we missed anything that you really just want to kind of impart on them before, before we go, um, for the mom who feels like she needs just all of the help in reducing the overwhelm and just feeling more peaceful. I'm going to talk about what happens between our ears. Okay. Because life can feel chaotic and maybe you think it's because there's a pile of laundry out there, but I want moms to know that our thoughts set the stage for our feelings and then our feelings impact our actions. Okay. That process thoughts, feelings, actions. So I want us to go to the thoughts, okay? Because if we're trying to change things, we don't need to try to change it like three-fourths of the way through this process, all right? So let's go back to the thoughts. I encourage moms to practice a little exercise. So the next time, and maybe it's like five seconds after the end of this, okay? The next time you find yourself having a thought that's negative in nature, as soon as you have that thought, take that precious pause, all right? that PP precious pause and take three long and full deep breaths. Okay. Three long and full deep breaths. And then even out loud, you can say it. Then I want you to say, Hmm, that, Hmm. Okay. Hopefully this is coming. Hmm. (laughs) That hmm is a cue then for you to get curious. All right. Curiosity is the king when it comes to changing our thought patterns 
and then changing our behaviors. So get curious, like a fly on the wall or like a scientist in a lab. All right. Hmm. Where did that negative thought come from? I did something happen today. Am I hungry? Am I tired? Am I angry with something yesterday still causing me to feel angry? So get curious like a non-judgmental friend. Okay. Non-judgmental friend, instead of becoming hypercritical, because so often we just place labels and judgment on ourselves, which then spiral into the feelings, which then impact our behaviors. Okay. So don't place judge, do your best to not place judgment on the thought, take the role of an observer and see if you can get any wisdom from it. Uh, Can you glean anything from that thought? Acknowledge the thought, get curious, and then send it on on its way. All right. I think of like a conveyor belt at a production facility. All Mm -hmm. right. And you've got this box coming down the belt and you're like, oh, snap, there's that negative thought. Here it comes. Uh, press that like red button to pause it for just a little bit. All right. Get curious and then hit that green button and send it on down, send Mm -hmm. it on down. Because I believe that transformation can happen when we refuse to let guilt and shame and perfection and all the negative things like camp out in our mind. Mm -hmm. I think so often we're trying to just uh, remove them, but newsflash ladies, I don't know if you know this or not, they're still going to show up. All right. Mm -hmm. Those negative thoughts are still going to show up, but what can you do when they come? So that's what, that's my little exercise. Three deep breaths, Mm. acknowledge, get curious and send it on its merry way. Okay. It's my wisdom for today. I love that. See, I think a lot of what I've heard in the past and even, you know, I've even talked to clients about this, you know, in the past too, when I was working as a health coach about, you know, when we feel those negative thoughts come up, really reframing it. But I like the step that you give of going, hmm, and actually getting curious about where it came from, because that is how we create those changes, right? When we start recognizing that why this thought is coming up and then we can make, then we can create changes, right? Around that. So the reframing totally, yeah, the reframing can absolutely be a great tool because it's the same as that connection to alignment, you know, the laundry Mm -hmm. to like family being a core value, you know, when we get curious and we get to the root, can we reframe? So that has a purpose. Uh, We're not going to let it camp out. So it, it, reframing is absolutely a great tool as well. Yeah. So use yeah. that in your toolbox too. Yes. Yeah. It's just adding in that curiosity in between that I think is, I think it's a game changer. I love it. It's so great. <laughs> so you already shared um, some, some areas where the listener can connect with you. You shared your website. Do you have any other um, places that you want the listener to connect with you or any resources you want to highlight? So my favorite place to hang out is in my Facebook group. So mm-hmm. if you'll go to less overwhelmed, more joy for mom. So search for that in the Facebook groups. I'd love for you to join us. I have some free resources for those who join. And in addition, I can send you the link in the comments for a free Enneagram workbook. If anyone's interested in that and how we can use routines and help us grow using the lens of the Enneagram, I can send you that free resource as well, Chris. Awesome. Perfect. Oh my gosh. This has been so, so good. Uh, before we go, I want to ask you a fun, few fun little rapid fire questions. I like to call them dessert because you know, I'm all about food around here. <laughs> so if you're ready, we can, we can go ahead and dive in. I'm ready. All right. So they're rapid fire, but as long as short as you want. Okay. First question, coffee or tea? Coffee. Podcast or book? Uh, in this season books. What did you eat for breakfast this morning? Eggs, homemade sourdough, and an orange. That sounds delicious. (laughs) What is your first choice if you are ordering takeout? A local sushi restaurant called Nama. Ooh, I love sushi. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Early bird. Me too. (laughs) And last but not least, what does balance mean to you in this season? I know that the audience will not be surprised that it is living in alignment with my core values and then making sure that I nourish myself so I don't pour from an empty cup. Mm, so important. And I love that you just gave the listener so many tools to be able to start to do that in, in our conversation mm-hmm. today. 
This has been so fantastic, Carrie, like so much good information in such like a short time of us chatting together. I'm sure that my listeners are going to go and get that free Enneagram resource and connect with you. Your Facebook group is amazing. I'm a part of it um, since you had the Thriving Mom Summit last year, which hopefully hopefully we'll have again next year. <laughs> we'll see. Um, and it was it's been so great to connect with you. And thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to share all of these things with us and give us so much incredible wisdom and advice on creating a well, creating priority based productivity and just creating like more peace and more calm in our life as moms. You are so welcome, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.